everyone. It's back to normal, sort of. And it's episode 361. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while, huh? <laughs> I mean, there are, well, there's only two of us again, in, our, yeah, in the We're slowly office. working our way back, right? It was zero. <laughs> and last it, week, one. Uh, one. And two then, this week. <laughs> and last week, I was like, hey, you know, I, I in, in the tweet that I sent out, I was like, look, I think, you know, we're on our way back. I think we're looking forward to having all four people. And it, I think it was about an hour after that. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know Melanie's not going to be here. Yeah. And then I didn't realize Jeff was going to be here. So, you know, it's just the two of us. Yeah. But, you know. We'll have a good time anyway. We'll have a good time anyway. I want to say a quick shout out to to Ellie again, who just, uh, she's, you know, everyone hates to hear their voice on uh, something recorded. And after she went back and listened, she's like, Dad, my voice. I'm like, no, nah, it was good. You did a good job. And pinched hit when I just didn't have a voice to do it. And then uh, a quick shout out to Nathaniel, who for two weeks has suffered on Wednesday morning with a, an abbreviated podcast. And Nathaniel drives uh, somewhere out here in a popka all the way to Daytona every day for work. And so he counts on that 45 minutes or so to get him from home to work. And he was like, two weeks in a row, the podcast was over and I wasn't anywhere near. <laughs> Sorry, Nathaniel. I know, getting to work. So No promises today either. No, no promises, but we'll do the best we can. We do have a few questions, um, some good questions actually, to go through. And then Ellie had asked a couple weeks on, ago on the podcast and you were gone, so you probably didn't hear it, uh, Ken. But uh, on the follow me out, on follow me out of the boat, Jeff's message while you were in Tennessee, I think. Right. You had been in the chat that morning, and someone had asked if it was of everyone's opinion that Peter actually walked on water. Right. And you said, that's my understanding, but I haven't really gone back to um, to look at it more in depth. I think you said you were going to look at the original text right. of that. So then Ellie was like, well, I really want to know too, Dad. I'm like, well, you know, make sure we ask the question. And so have you had a chance to do that? No. <laughs> no. I was thinking that before I wrote it, but then I was like, well, we'll figure it out. And But what, what, but what makes you, I mean, is there a reason oh. you would think that it it wasn't? Well, Jeff, I, 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 I would love to have Jeff here because um, that was Jeff's take that there is the, in the- Maybe some in ambiguity? The, in the writing, there might be some something okay. there, but um, it has been my long understanding that Peter walked on water. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Well, yeah, Jeff will be back next week, and we will have we will hash it out once and for all, and see where that goes, and then we'll maybe see if there's anything else that we can find that would be on the opposite side. Yeah, Any Jeff. proof? Any whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Where do you find that? Is that, is that all I know is that I saw. I saw it. In the it chosen, was, it so was it had well. To be it was recorded. <laughs> Right, and Just so <laughs> in the chosen, he walks on water. So as yeah. far as I know, that makes it true. That, that right? No, <laughs> uh, it's funny because the more you watch the chosen, it's like you find the places where you know they they take the liberty with filling in the story to to try to create this. You know, make it a story that you can tell that has characters and and themes and and things that you know. Hopefully, to their the best of their could be, you know, and or, or were more possible maybe than other scenarios. And it's fun to see the differences when you actually go back to the text and read about the story that they're telling. To some, that's a little scary. To me, I find it fun just to, to look at the differences. And then your mind starts to go other places and go, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. It's kind of fun. So hopefully we're all learning a little as we go. So this week we started, uh, follow me out of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And you know, follow me out of the bubble. 
Out of the bubble of Jerusalem. And I found I found it to be in in many ways the two sides of me. The early the early portion of my life where I never fit in the bubble. And the bubble never seemed safe and the bubble was never comfortable. The bubble was always uncomfortable because I never took anything for face value. Like, well, I don't know that I mean I'm not smart enough and maybe I don't care enough to be smart enough in this subject to have an opinion even at certain times. Like, does it really matter? And so I thought I, I started to think about what how do you take the message if you're someone who maybe the bubble hasn't been that place? Now, we got to hear a really cool story about Ken's bubble. I didn't hear anything other than that you had to go back and say, now, look, I didn't say <laughs> that, you know, leaving the bubble was, you know, exciting or it was, whoo, couldn't wait to get out of the bubble. Your experience was good in the bubble. And that's, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I know there's, I know a lot of people whose experience in the bubble was nothing more than them saying, man, I just enjoyed it. And it was good to me. And it was a safe place. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing perfect about, I don't think any of the bubbles that we create, but you know, it was a good experience. And then there's others that I, you know, also know, and, and was my experience where maybe the bubble wasn't. So how did you, you know, looking at the message, you could either say, well, that's just the most, you know, I've, that's not my experience. I don't, I don't know what coming into the bubble or maybe I just wanted to get out of the bubble because it wasn't safe. And maybe I found that that parched earth inside the bubble and I felt more refreshed when I left. Yeah. How do we come back to people who maybe just didn't have that that same that same that same story or that same journey? Is there a way that we can make it to maybe flip it on its side, uh, flip it on its end and say, man, you know, maybe maybe the bubble now can be. Or, or do we, or can you ever go back to the bubble if it wasn't a place that felt safe and secure? Or is there a way that we can do that now? I mean, I think at Whole Life we do a, a great job of trying to be as welcoming and as grace filled as possible, so that people do find do find that rest. But I worry also that people go, you know, I just, I'm not sure that that I'm not sure that that bubble is ever going to be for me. Well, let's go ahead and use whole life as the as the bubble. I think so. we're going to. Yeah, My, I think the real point that I'm making when I'm talking about Jerusalem and the Bible, Jerusalem is kind of the holy city. It's the place right. where God resides. It's where the temple's at. Um, and a lot of pretty horrible things actually happen there. Um, there's a lot of really, really wonderful things that happen there. So there, hmm. there's a fair amount of horrible things that happen there. Yeah, and. The point that I was really hoping to get across in this sermon was just simply that Jerusalem was never meant to be a place where people went to hide hmm. um, and get a, and, and get away from the world. It was a place that was meant for spiritual nurture to then flow out of that place into the world and and bring the love of God to the rest of the world that was the, the desperately thirsty for the living water that Jesus brought, and so. You know, when we talk about leaving Jerusalem, I think that it probably tends this tends to be a little bit more of a message for believers, people who have found a place that they that they like to go worship, a place where they're finding nurture in Christ. And 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 I think the point that I really wanted to make was that the point of going to that place is not to be in that place and to stay in that place. It's right, it, yeah. it, it's that's good, it's wonderful, but a big thing is to take what you get. And go and give, and and so that that it's it flows 
out of this place into a world that is dry and dusty and in need of, of, of Jesus living water. So it's basically a message of don't just be a consumer. Right. Get involved. And, and, and by the way, there, I'm not at all saying that you shouldn't go to church and enjoy it and yeah. have a good experience. And that sort of, but, but don't just view it as a consumer experience where this is about you. View it as a, a person who's going to go fill up and then take that and 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 take that experience to, to be a blessing. Well, I, I really resonated with the way this idea of the living water and that it's flowing out of us to go and, and provide this to people because we've all been in our life where even if we're in the bubble that we've been needing that water and someone provided it for us, that's probably why many of us are still here. Mm-hmm. But that we didn't come at it, and I think that you mentioned this in the response time, that a lot of times we're better at like scorched earth and fire yeah. than we are at the living water. But the people that you worked with at the radio station, mm-hmm. and you spent, you said you spent probably more time than you should have, you know, describing them to us. But that part of the message resonated so closely to my life at a time when. I never really felt like I was part of the bubble, but definitely when you were outside the bubble, I had those people, just like you mentioned, that helped me grow, that fed into my life, into my career, into my idea of what being a, a real friend that would you know stick, stick by you and do anything for you. And I thought that description was beautiful because I don't think the waters is refreshing when it's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. And I think the way you described, I mean, the smile on your face for each person you described and and what they're doing now and, you know, who they were then, the guy with the small beer that just made me chuckle, <laughs> you know, and we all... And it's Chuck like, Nasty. Chuck Nasty, right. And I looked at each one of those people on the screen and just like thought of people in my own life. I don't know if anybody else during the message did that, but there was such a such a, a a remembrance of really good people. And I think sometimes we think the dusty is like, well, it's pretty barren out there. You know, there's just, there's mass, like Stanley was describing his thoughts of being in the bubble and then being introduced to public school. Like there was going to be a fight every yeah. day and it was going to be this, you know, it's, it's Thunderdome everywhere you go outside the bubble. And I think we, we let that part overtake our sensibilities when it's just like, Hey, like the t-shirt challenge. I mean, there were hundreds of bags out there for people to pick up their t-shirt this week. Right. And the invitation to, you know, wear the t-shirt, hopefully engage someone, let the, you know, that invitation to taste and see. I think we sometimes have an idea that the, that the rest of the world is just desperately waiting for us to show up. (laughs) Um, And that's that we, you know, that they're, you know, that their lives are miserable and horrible and terrible. And, you know, and you know what? Here's what I'd say. I, I don't think that's necessarily true based on the people that I came in contact with. But what I will say is that I do think that Jesus makes people's life better. Mm, I yeah. think it does. And I think that. You know, it was amazing to me that some of the lessons that they taught me about honesty and integrity and ownership and accountability and time management and things that I'd never really learned inside of my my bubble. But yet there was some there was there was some very important things 
um, that I had to share that were very important, very meaningful for for a number of them. And that's where I feel like that's 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 being Jesus and and taking him with you because he is a part of you, he's flowing out of you if you if you yeah. have the spirit living in you and uh, letting the holy spirit do what the holy spirit wants to do as opposed to going in with an agenda of i've this person needs to know every person needs to know this particular piece of doctrine well you know each person you come in contact with actually probably has a different need a different thing that they're that they're needing and and letting the holy spirit make those decisions for you and just being available to them um, I think that's important. I think it's important to do that. You want uh, you want the rest of the Chuck Nasty story? Well, I was I was hoping that maybe we'd get the rest of the Chuck Nasty story. And you said there was the there was one other that we were supposed to if we caught you one on one, and I didn't write it down. Yeah, and that and one will to, still be one on one. That's not. I'm not even going to do that on the podcast. <laughs> I had somebody come up to me after church, did they? And they uh, they asked for the one on one. I told them, and they turned many different colors and I'm not sure they were happy they heard that the rest of that story. <laughs> oh man. But I'm telling you it was, it was it, for a child who grew up in in inside of, you know, a pretty traditional Christian church, it was definitely a different completely different lifestyle that I was around working in news and it gave me an appreciation there um you know, I had the boss that we went through a a hurricane and our Oh, our house didn't have power for I want to say six weeks. Six uh, no weeks. water for a week and a half. Wow. Um, we think we have it rough in Florida. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, when you're on a thirty <laughs> by five island, ain't nobody coming for you. You are on your own until some boat shows up, or they or they clear the debris from the airfield. But anyway, but yeah, we went that long, and I'll, I'll never forget. You know, my boss got her power back about a week and a half in, maybe a weekend. And uh, she lived in a two-bedroom, tiny apartment, and she had a roommate. And and again, she she had a, her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend, and she and her boyfriend all lived in this. Um, Ooh, four people in a two-bedroom. Four people in a two-bedroom. Um, her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend, and her boyfriend had his own place, and. So her roommate was actually staying with her boyfriend. And my boss said, Ken, come stay with us. You and Rochelle, come stay with us. And I was like, dude, you don't want to do that. I mean, <laughs> thank you. But I mean, yeah, yeah. That's a our tough house one to is, say, yes, it's dry. Yeah. We'll be okay. And she's like, seriously, she goes, I'll be offended if you don't. Like, we have power and you don't. Come stay with us. Yeah. And it's just such a different mindset than than what I'd grown up with in the United States in, in the place that I grew up, maybe it would be different here in, in Florida. I don't know, but I do know that it was just that way. It was like I've got something you need. Come, come in, and and and, yeah. and we stayed with her. Like I said, I think we lived with her for four or five weeks. It was, wow. or it was, but that you know, there's sometimes an idea amongst church people that church people are the only people who have charity yeah. and who are kind and loving and yeah. pleasant and. And again, there were, there were so many experiences that I had of just the goodness and kindness of, of people who didn't go to church on a regular basis. And like I said, that doesn't – I think that sometimes we think that if, if somebody is 
is a nice person, then what well, what do we have to offer them as Christians? And the answer is a lot. Yeah. A lot. There's um there's 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 peace, there's a sense of purpose, there's all kinds of really important things that I think Christianity has to offer, Jesus being the most important of all of them. And so but understanding when the time is to speak up and say something and when the time is just to be a friend without an agenda. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you know, people get really tired of, of Christians whose only agenda is to try to convert them to their way of thinking. And as soon as it becomes clear that that you're not that, that the person isn't interested in being converted, then the Christian moves on to their next you know, uh, dare I use the word, word victim, victim. <laughs> you know, moves yeah. on to that next person that they're trying to save um, and and forgets about the, and, and what, how do you think that comes across? It's like, oh, you were only using me. You, you didn't, it, to a, to somebody who isn't a Christian that just comes across as so disingenuous. So you weren't really interested in me. You were just trying to sell me something Yeah, and we can, we'll go, oh yeah, but we are selling you eternal life and Jesus and, you know, Super and, important. And, and since you're not interested, I want to move on to somebody who will be interested. No, that's, you know, things, things take time. You know, sometimes people don't, agree with you the first time you share something with them. And sometimes just being in, in friendship and love with them without the expectation, maybe that's what's most important. At least that's been my experience. So, you know, as I as I look at what we have as Christians, I really do believe we have got living water to take to a parched desert world that, that really needs that. Um, and I think that we need to be thoughtful and kind patient, you know, those fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. That we need to have that fruit of the Spirit that is in us. And uh, and when we do that, I think that we can just, I mean, this world would be such a better place if, if that fruit was in each person, you know? And so that's, that's kind of the thing that, but I think we can do that without assuming that every person out there is is you know is is not good is and doesn't have a sense of moral direction i mean i i mean i you know i've been asked to do things when i worked for christian organizations that were wrong they were they were wrong it was just it was wrong it was and got in trouble for saying that it was wrong <laughs> and yet when i worked in in you know, at, at Sorensen Pacific, I remember there was a piece of software that we were talking about implementing. And I remember my news director saying, well, we're going to need to pay for the licenses because our, the owner of our station, because it was, it was a piece of, it was a piece of software, something that was easily, you could have pirated it and put oh, it on yeah. our, put it on our computers without any problem. Nobody would ever have known the difference. And I remember my news director saying, "No, we we uh, we're, we're, we can't do that. That's, yeah, that's not, not right. that's not right. That's the wrong thing to do." And I know that our station owner has always told me that he'd rather lose money and do the right thing, the 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 moral thing, than not. And this, to my knowledge, this isn't a particularly religious person. It was just somebody who had yeah. a sense of right and wrong. I think it's where. When people sometimes 
give that vibe that they're not interested. I often wonder if I've misread things or if I've started in the wrong spot because of that very thing. Like maybe I'm assuming a lot. Well, you, you don't go to church, you know, you never talk about God or you don't seem to have any affiliation with religion or with the Bible or with, you know, spirituality. So, you know, we'll start at the basics or we'll, you know, talk to you when we speak about Jesus as just, as if you're a child. When, you know, you don't know what someone or where someone has been or until you kind of know their moral compass and, and, and how they react to things, it's hard to to assume that they need X, Y, or Z when if someone is really finding you different than somebody else and maybe some of these categories like, oh, wow, you you made the decision to not pirate that software. That's odd. I mean, dude, we could have saved, you know, $1,000 or yeah. we could have saved this or that. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just not the right thing to do. Well, why not? No one's going to know the difference. Like, well, I'll know the difference. And it's just not something I would do. And, you know, people get an idea then. I think it's just important to have that relationship before. And then if you don't, it's like we're going to move on to the next person. Well, then why did we bother to have the relationship? It just doesn't It doesn't all add up. You know, in John 7, the, the scripture that I quote where Jesus said, I'm the living water. And um, if you continue on in that passage, um, John clarifies that by this, Jesus was talking about the outpouring of the Spirit. And, and and again, that imagery that comes to us from the text that I use from Ezekiel and from Zephaniah, which is this, this river of water flowing out of Jerusalem into a dry land, and, and all of a sudden the land becomes fertile and things are growing everywhere, and, and where there was death, there's life. And, you know, it's this picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out in this world by people who are filled with the Spirit. And, you know, if you want to know what that looks like, it's in Galatians 5, uh, you know, 22, but this Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. And by the way, the word fruit is not fruits, it's fruit, it's singular. This kind of fruit, so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the this is the fruit that we're talking about. This is the living water that we're talking about flowing into into the world. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self control. And one of the things that as Christians we have to ask ourselves is if people are not attracted to hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. <laughs> yeah, those by the way are the the sinful nature, and we we spend a lot of time on. It, the beginning, it's in this Galatians 5 still, in 19, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And we say sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, and that's an idolatry, and that's where we generally will stop. And we don't read on towards hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. Those are all problematic too. And if those are what's happening in your life and your church, that's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. I'm not saying that all of us maybe at times struggle with those things, but if that is the main characteristic, why are we surprised when the world doesn't want that kind yeah. of dry, dead religion when they're looking for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the spirit. And so that's what that's what should be flowing out into our world. And that's when we when we can be pretty rest assured when we're constantly fighting, when there's dissension, outbursts of anger, this isn't from God. 
Yeah. That's not from the Holy Spirit. And and we we need to really really check ourselves when we start feeling those things and question where that's coming well, from. Yeah. And a lot of people like to call it holy anger, and it's not. Yeah, it, it's just anger. Yeah. <laughs> it's just anger. Well, and it made me think of the fact that, you know, as we talked about some of these, some of the people that you've met and, you know, people that I've known that just don't fit the normal, what, you know, you would think of as someone that was quote unquote unchurched. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just a, a small piece that they're missing. A lot of times, yeah. you know, the the piece that some people have that don't claim to know Jesus or in they don't practice, and you know, maybe it's just that little bit of piece that they that they haven't got that Jesus has that would just make their life that much better. And but instead, sometimes we'll look for the people that you know really you know have those outward problems that we can see that well those have to get corrected obviously. Yeah. But why not enrich everyone with what God is pouring? in us and out of us. And I, I just, I feel like we oftentimes miss some of the easy connections and some really great friendships that could come out of those when, when we're thinking about who, who and what the Holy Spirit puts in front of us. Yeah. And um, when you were talking about the people that you met and it just made me see humble Ken and humble Ken, humble Randy, humble anyone is a good look. <laughs> Honestly, it no matter where we are, what we think we know, what 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 we've accomplished, humble us always looks really inviting to other people. And it was just that and again, it was the smile. Ken was happy to be humble Ken to go, "Yeah, I learned a lot from these people and I've applied it to my life and I'm better for it." That was really what I think came from me. I mean, the beauty of of God using me imperfectly is a beautiful thing. And yeah. it's a, it was a great reminder. And I, I love that about this message and the festivals and how you tied that all together. And That was probably one of the more interesting parts of studying for this is those yeah. three festivals that I talked about. And they're... And just really seeing the um, the way they play into our current Christian life and how they they have meaning even today, maybe a little differently than some of us have been raised to understand it. But it's 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 really pretty incredible. Yeah, the intentionality was not lost. I think that just the that whole that whole picture and um, today in staff meeting we talked about uh, dreaming. You know, dreaming what you know your yeah. your perfect you might be, or your perfect life might be, or your perfect yeah. church, and just being able to daydream, and that just made me think of it now. That when you think about those things, when you're you know maybe not having a great day, a great week, the fact that God wants to do this through us, if we'll let Him and we'll allow it, and we'll have that relationship with Him, that's a pretty fulfilling daydream. And something that makes you go, man, that's that's worth spending my time on. That's worth working on. That's worth, that's just, and it's almost in a way unfathomable, which is probably what makes it, you know, partially so desirable as well. Yeah. And I hope everyone kind of caught the, the ending that, you know, here, you know, getting recharged, but we love you here and we want you here and we want you to be a part of our family, but we also want you to realize that other component where, Sometimes you have to be reminded of, yeah, I went to church this week. Everything is good. And it's almost like the little, little, you know, <laughs> kick in the backside that goes, don't forget, you know, go so, love your world. Go love your world. Somebody else needs a little bit of what God yeah. gave you today. And, and uh, don't, don't deprive them of that. Don't deprive the Holy Spirit a chance to do some good. And don't deprive yourself the chance of feeling really good about doing something positive, even if it's just being a positive influence. If that's the yeah. minimum, that's a, that's a big deal for, probably more than we realize. For sure. 
All right. Let's get into the questions. Now, we had a teaser, but I'm going to save that one. Okay. Because I think we should probably end with that. We had Anonymous who said, I think as Christians, we were never commissioned to demand slash command that secular culture reflect biblical principles. I believe we are commissioned to reflect biblical principles by example and kindness in the middle of that secular culture. The power of example can be more powerful than force. Amen. And I would say, <laughs> hear, hear, amen. Yeah, uh, it's amazing how many Christians are begging secular society to do things that they don't do themselves. Yeah, or that that that's a prerequisite for someone who doesn't or hasn't been exposed to God. What would be the expectation if you haven't seen anything better than what you know or you think you know? And I think that's up. It's up to us to be yeah. that that difference. Well, I will second the motion that was made by our anonymous person there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Matt said, um, what is a good litmus test or sign that we are positively impacting those around us? What is a good litmus test that we are doing that? Yeah, that we are positively impacting those around us. Maybe as a... I would say, I go back to that Galatians 5. Um, mm. The more you see those characteristics in you, yeah, the better um, a chance that you are positively impacting the world around you. And w- one of the things I would tell you um, is to not give up because you're not <laughs> seeing results. You yeah. don't know, you know, in the story that I shared that the person, and I, and I told the story because I really, I like, really debated whether to use that story in, in it in, because I just don't, I don't want to really be patting myself on the back. No, I but I, but I, I really want, that. but what I want people to understand, the reason I told this story is because it was such a shock to me. I, uh, you know, years later to get this email, I was just, uh, you know, what, when, you know, what? It's like, <laughs> you know, the, like the, you know, when Jesus <laughs> says uh, to the sheep, you know, you gave me something to drink. I'm like, well, when did I do that? Yeah. I don't know. And, but my point is that when you're living with the fruit of the spirit in you, when you're living that way, you don't know what you're watering. You don't know what you're doing. And you might not know this side of heaven. How many that affects. But you. But if you want to know what the litmus test is, just ask yourself, what's growing in my life? Am I becoming more loving, more kind? And, and the funny thing is, the, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I see the imperfections in my life. I think, oh, man, I've got so far to go, and there's so much more to do. But... But my point is, the more you see those those things beginning to grow in you, you, a sense of caring about the well-being of those around you, a caring about the people who can gain, you gain nothing from their well-being. Yeah. When you start seeing the Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit growing in your life, that's a good test, litmus test to know that that God is is going to be doing something and is doing something through you right now. On the other hand... Look at that Galatians five list of the uh, the, sp- the fruit of the fallen oh, nature, yeah. and ask yourself: Am I a more angry person? Am I unkind to people? Are people, you know, leaving my presence feeling dejected and <laughs> and and like they have no chance with God? That would be a chance. Uh, that would be a litmus test that you're going in the wrong, wrong direction. direction. Yeah. Well, and I really believe this that there are so many times I've had people say to me after even a conversation or something has happened and I'm, I didn't realize it was of any consequence other than just 
having a great conversation or having a cup of coffee with a friend. And then later on, kind of that same thing where something you said is just, you know, really changed the way I've looked at something and it's made my life better. Or, you know, I now see what you see and I want it, but I don't know how to get it. I mean, there's different degrees of how those things happen. And, you know, praise God for the one you got that said, I've been, you know, I'm in church, I'm been baptized, I'm a brother in Christ and, yeah. and to thank you for it. But I often think we don't realize even when we have sometimes the good conversations or the things that we go, ooh, ah, that was pretty cool. That, that felt good. And that felt like, you know, maybe God was working. But I think there's so many other times when we just being who we are and being open to the spirit, we don't even we don't even realize that that was the moment. Right. Because I've had people say something about, well, we had this. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But OK, if you say yeah. it was if you say we had the conversation, we had the conversation. Yeah. But I don't remember it. Right. So I think. I think it's we often put too much into that touchy feely part yep. where that's the only thing that's the only time God does things when we know yep. about them and I think that's just we miss the point if we and do sometimes that. Sometimes we want it to be this big conversion story like <laughs> you know somebody got you know somebody started coming to church got baptized. I mean, but did you really fail if you made somebody's life better? Right, yeah, whatever if, that is. If you know, if you gave them a, you know, glass of water to use Jesus Sure. You know, if you if you went if if you did those things if you just made somebody's life a little bit better, wasn't that? Yeah. Wasn't that? I mean, yeah. Of course, we want people to come to Christ, and yes, we want this, him to. Of course. But, isn't it also amazing to just love people and and have somebody leave feeling loved, whether they choose to agree with you theologically on yeah. an item or not? I think that's important to think about too. Because you feel better. I mean, even at, even at minimum, and I know that <laughs> that sounds really selfish, but at the same time, it, it feels good and it always feels good when you choose the right yeah. thing, even when it's a, even, even if a little bit of badness follows that because of consequences of something you did, yeah. you chose the right thing. Even then it still feels good. You know, you're on the right path. Yeah. All right. So Stanley left us before we found out yeah, what you're preaching on next week. The big teaser was from Tammy. And she said, do we do a disservice to ourselves and our children by portraying the world, in quotes, as anything outside of our own bubble and something that is evil to avoid? Yeah, I think that's a. there's a lot to unpack there. So... I think that there are things that are evil that need to be portrayed as evil. Anger, sure. hatred, meanness, racism, abuse. Those are evil things. Um, and I think that we need to be careful that we don't paint with the broad brush that everybody who doesn't attend church is those things, because they're not. Or that those that do attend couldn't be those yeah, things. Exactly, exactly. So, so I think that when we start talking about the world— and we're in particularly when we're contrasting with the church versus the world. Um, I think we ought to probably take the versus out and and ask ourselves, you know, how did how did Jesus relate to the world? And what Jesus told Nicodemus was, "For God so loved the world mm -hmm. that He sent His one and only Son." And I think that's important for us to I think that we need to go ahead and make sure that we don't villainize the world while at the same time not teaching our kids that the practices of the world are good. Uh, you know, chasing chasing money is not going to bring you happiness and fulfillment. You know, if that's what you think that life is about, having the most toys, having the biggest bank account, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to have the kind of happiness that's found in Jesus. 
And so I think it's important for us to teach our kids those kind of principles and to not glorify things that God has been clear don't bring happiness and don't bring his spirit. So, but at the same time, I think we have to be careful to not to create the what I call the fortress mentality, which is basically you live inside this fortified castle, <laughs> and once a year or twice a year, or if you're really evangelistic, four times a year, you know, you roll up the castle doors, you run outside, you grab a, gu- a bunch of people, throw them inside the castle, and hope that they decide to stay and live in the castle, not climb over the walls to go back to where they came from. I think we have to. I think that the walls that we create between ourselves and the world, I think that there's a time and a place to shelter our children, to to mold them, to help them understand the values that we have. But I also think that when we create too many walls, what that teaches them is to to live a life that doesn't interact with people who, frankly, need the water of life and the salt of the earth. You know, salt salt's always been meant to be spread around, not not piled up. Not, not, yeah. And so I so I don't know if that answers your question, Tammy. <laughs> but uh, I hope it does. I think too. I'm teasing Tammy, by the way. She's okay with it. She knows that I'm teasing her. Okay. <laughs> so if you ask a question, I will not give you a hard time unless I know you. <laughs> unless you're Tammy. No. Unless you're Tammy. <laughs> One of the big things for me when it comes to sheltering and um I'm much more I'm much more open with my kids than I think my parents yeah. were initially with me. Yep. And, I, and it was a different time and it yep. was a different thought process. And I'm not throwing shade at my parents at all. I mean, all of us, you know, have things we wish we did mm-hmm. better. We all have things we did really well and we should be applauded. And we all for. have kids. We'll try to do better things than what we did for them. So. <laughs> right. And yeah. I just think, though, that a lot of times instead of vilifying the things of the world is to find those there's a lot of really good stories in the world of people that, you know, weren't necessarily evangelized, but they found they found Jesus in odd ways after having the point you're trying to make. Mike Tyson's a great one. Mike Tyson had anything anyone could possibly ever want, had more money than you could ever possibly spend. But until he goes to prison and finds Jesus, and now you hear him talk about, he, he was on a podcast, I, I just saw this the other day, and they're like, yeah, but... Man, you know, wouldn't you come back to fight for thirty million dollars? And he's like, "Why?" He's like, "I I don't have any money anymore." I mean, he he blew it all. I mean, he probably so he had, did find a way to spend it all, right? And he right, and he did. And he's like, "But he's like thirty million, yeah, fifty he had million, a whole bunch of people who really." And he's like a hundred million. He's like, "It wouldn't matter to me anymore because he said I I had no peace during that time. Hmm. I fought with myself. I fought with everyone yeah. around me, and I had demons, and I had problems, and I had addictions. And yeah. he says, I found Jesus. And he's like, now that's all I need. Do I still like nice things? Of course I do. But I don't put those at any level above Jesus. And I think that when we use, we can we can show those. And even in our own lives, we don't, we don't want to tell the kids like, well, you know, daddy did, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's helpful because you have to be able to say, yeah, I, I made the same mistake. And Isn't it interesting that how reticent we are as Christians to share the truth of what, what's happened in our lives when the Bible is so open about, <laughs> about so many people in it and the things that they did? And, and, yeah. and I think that that maybe ought to be a little bit of a lesson that, that I think it's important to tell our kids, our grandkids appropriately at the appropriate times, times in their yeah. life, but be honest with them about the things that we've done, the lessons that we've learned. You know, there's a reason why 
the you know the Bible records the story about David and Bathsheba. Sure, and it's not because David was proud of it or whatever, but it was it was a it was a there's a lesson in there to be learned, and that you hope that other. And there's so many times in my life that I made mistakes that I would just really love for my children not to not repeat. to make. Yeah, and just being and yet at the same time, I also recognize they may do that, and I'm going to love them anyway. But I want to be open with them so that at least they're making uh, yeah. a more informed decision as they walk into to the decisions that they have to make in life. But Grace and consequences. Yeah. I mean, those are things that we have if we have Jesus, but we still have the consequences. Yep. But the consequences, you know, and we, you know, our parents told us this too, they'll, they'll never be bad, as bad as if you don't, you know, you don't come clean or you don't tell the truth. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you think your parents are just, yeah. you know, maybe shoveling it to you just a little bit with those kinds of euphemisms and little yeah. things. But then when you realize they're actually true, yeah. you know, how can you put those through to your kids? So um, hopefully that, you know, we're all, we're all realizing that. You know, we're no better than the world except for Jesus and the world and the people that and why wouldn't we want to then give it to them so they have the same the same assurances that we do. That's it's just it's a good uh, it's a good question. Thank you, Tammy. And it's good thought processes. And even if we don't have all the answers, I I think it it, uh, man, there's so much in the world that you want to protect your kids from. But there's also a lot of really good that if you protect them, overprotect, they're not going to be involved with. They're not going to be. And I, and I don't want my kids to be afraid of the world. I want them to yeah. be able to go out and, and do great things. Well, you know, that's the thing. I, I, I mean, I spent, you know, the better part of five years working in secular news. And during that time period, I, I kept, you know, a, most of my my values, um, the ones that were really important. You know, I, for me, not drinking's always been an important thing. Yeah. I didn't, and I was surrounded by it and didn't do it. And I don't say that like in some, but we tend to underestimate what God can do through us if we stay connected to him and what we can be around. And anyway, just, and again, I'm not saying that we, <laughs> you know, uh, I hope somebody didn't hear that. We're like, Oh, he's saying everything, but, but, you know, yeah. but the point is you can use your common sense. You know, there, there are certain things that you, that may be big temptations for you that you shouldn't put yourself around. Sure. You yeah. know, I got, I got invited to a number of different strip clubs while I was, uh, while I was, and I never went. Um, didn't, for me, that wasn't going to be a good place for me to go, but I did go to some bars with my friends, um, because that's where they were at. I didn't drink while I was there besides having a Sprite or something like that. But, um, but that's where they were at and I wanted to hang out with them and, and let them know I cared. And so for me that, that you gotta use your common sense. Yeah. Meet them where they're at in a place that's safe for you. Yep. Yeah. I like it. All right, that brings us, man. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little sad that you know, follow me out is all done. Is is all done? But I'm excited for great questioning. We never we, got around to follow me out of Babylon. We so. didn't. Oh, that's right. We're gonna yeah, have there to. was gonna be one more, but we're just now. We're gonna shelf that. Save one. it for another day. It's another day. Okay. Ah, you'll be able to work that into another we'll one. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, oh, I did want to say one of the last things. Well, it wasn't one of the last things Ken said, but I did want to remind everyone that. One of the things that you said was in the moment you said it, I'm like, ooh, that's so good. There's nothing wrong with the bubble unless you stay in it. And I just um, am like, this is one of those little things that I think, especially when we answer the questions about our kids and different things, just a little reminder that eh, there's nothing wrong with the bubble. Some of us, that's a really comfortable place. Others, maybe not as much. But if we're not out and uh, letting the Holy Spirit work through the gifts that we've been given, then it's just... It's just not. Uh, it's not what we were meant to be. It's not what we were meant to to water. It's yep. 
I like that. All right. So the great question, speaking of great questions, um, this week, Ken is going to be preaching on the question, and this is what it said. In the Bible, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Oh, boy. What does this mean? And if I'm not healed, does that mean I don't have enough faith? Why don't we see miracles like we did in the Bible? Oh, Ken, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wait, as soon as that came on the screen. Don't I, be sorry. That's such a good question. Oh, it's, it's, a it's a great a question. One, it's such a fair one, and it's one that's mm. there's clearly not any easy answers to this. No. And I um had somebody tell me that they really hope I don't mess this one up. <laughs> and can I just say I really hope I don't, don't either, too yeah. because. The funny thing is, and I, I won't get into this any more than what I'm about to say, but this has been a rough week. Like it's <laughs> like this question has come home to me in a particularly um, boy in, in a strong way, and so I um, I'm wrestling through it. It's Tuesday. Um, normally, I have my sermon written about two weeks ahead of time, and so I'm. I'm still wrestling with this one because I really I do want to do it justice. We have any number of people. There's so many different people in our in our family here at Whole Life that that have um, special needs, disabilities, whatever the word is that you prefer with that. But and there's there's so many of us who have had loved ones that uh, we have prayed for, prayed for healing, and they they it didn't happen. They passed away. Um, or they've they've continued on with debilitating diseases, uh, and and so I really uh, you know if you do me a favor and pray for me as I get mm-hmm. this get this message ready, I'd really like to 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 be able to share the grace, the mercy, the peace of God. A topic that can be pretty difficult to sometimes feel like God is particularly graceful mm-hmm. or or there for us, and so. Um, yeah, so I'm glad the question was asked because I think it's uh, an important one. I think it's a um, it was it's a beautiful question, and so I'm, I'm praying God gives us the right the right message for next Sabbath. You know, I was just thinking about something, and I know we don't. You know, we ask you a lot for your opinions and your questions, and this week, you know, if you don't mind, just like Ken said, it, um, offering up a prayer. It, it it has been, and without mentioning specifics, it has been a rough week for a lot of us. And I think that when this kind of question comes up, it, it can leave such a lasting impression for people that hear it and for people that really have been in a situation where this has affected their their spirituality. It's 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 affected their well-being, maybe their family dynamics. And a message from the Holy Spirit through Ken, through, through study and through prayer and for all of us praying— um, I just think that would be a, a great thing because these are the kinds of these are the kinds of messages that not only people go back and they search like what does Ken think about this? They'll go in the website database and you know search topics and speaker and they'll do that in the podcast you know and I you know it, to have something there that is like a legacy type thing that where God showed up in a big way yeah. and um, pray for that. if we would pray for that this week that would just absolutely be awesome so. Thank you uh, for the great question. And, you know, I, I appreciate whole life and, and, and Melanie and our team and Ken for not going, <laughs> we're not picking that question because that's, <laughs> that's just too rough. We're well, gonna, you know, uh, if Ken had been in charge, who knows, but uh, <laughs> Melanie was in charge and so she picked it. So 
Um, Thank you, Melanie. So we, we're, are we doing a bonus episode? Is that what we're doing with Can the, do the rest of the story? Oh, should we should. Because I was, was going to tell right. the Chuck Nasty story. Oh, man, you got, you got me. Okay, so for those of you... Who, I don't even know if this is a, a Friday night story, though. Is it not? I don't know. Should I don't know do, if you should, can. I don't know if you I can, can release it anytime. I don't know if you can weave a, a good Sabbath it's message out, out of, of it or Chuck not. Nasty. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but you know, maybe we'll do a Thursday. Should we say Thursday instead? Why not? Okay, so today I mean, is Tuesday. I'm not saying you can't listen to it on Friday. I'll make yeah. sure it's appropriate enough. Yeah, appropriate. Yeah, well, yeah. But let's release it on Thursday. Let's do Thursday anyway. I'll <laughs> feel better about that too. Let's do that. Okay, so for those of you that um, want to hear the the remainder of the Chuck Nasty story, come back. That will be our. That's going to be the title of it too, because you know a good grab them title <laughs> is always one that gets people to listen. So this is also for Randy to go. Let's boost those I numbers a little bit. I hope he hasn't copyrighted his name. I know. I think he's still a DJ in Kansas City somewhere. Is he? Maybe. I'll look it up and see. Not and be sure. like, Hashtag Chuck Nasty. That way we don't get too much. You know, oh, we, can't, we can't get in trouble. Maybe of course that maybe guy. that's his hashtag on his show. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll double check. Anyway. Uh, tune back in on Thursday and this will be ready Thursday evening and maybe we'll make this, how about like a five o'clock? We'll drop this at five and that'll be like a nice drive, five five Eastern, that'll be a nice drive time yeah. home, uh, finish up the rest of the episode. I so, promise you, if you'll know, <laughs> I'll know if you heard it or not, because when you see on me on Sabbath, you're gonna, you will, you'll make a comment right. to me and I know you will. <laughs> so I'll know whether you listened. All right, that's going to do it for 361. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, do you know if Jeff and is everyone going to be back or are we not back next week? Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. All right, well, and, and Ken survives the prep for this week's sermon, all that. <laughs> Keep the prayers coming. We'll see you next week for episode 362. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. And don't forget on Thursday to come back for the bonus episode. 